Hello, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Late Era, brought to you by Osiris Media. My name's Andy Kush. I'm a music critic and the bassist in the band Garcia Peoples, in addition to being a co-host of this podcast. I'll be doing this one solo, but my co-hosts Winston Cook-Wilson and Sam Sadomsky will be back next week. On Late Era, we take deep dives into this strange and underappreciated late career work by classic musicians. And on our show last week, we discussed Santana's phenomenally successful 1999 album, Supernatural. Released 30 years after his debut, it's not only the best-selling Late Era album of all time by a wide margin, it's one of the best-selling albums ever, period. We invited the great guitarist Matt Sweeney onto the episode to give his impressions of the album, and we ended up with too much good material to use in one episode. So we decided to devote an entire second episode to airing the full interview. We wanted to have Matt on in part because he's collaborated with so many different bands and musicians over his career. From session work with artists from Johnny Cash to Adele, to his incredible band Chavez, his stint in the Smashing Pumpkins side project Zwan, his playing on Stephen Malkmus's latest album, and lots more. We figured his perspective as a guitarist and regular collaborator would be an interesting one on this album, which is made up of Carlos Santana's guitar paired with the voices of all sorts of musicians who were popular at the time in the late 90s. Matt's also a great storyteller, and it turns out he's actually spent some time with Carlos himself, so we got into that as well. He also told us about his friendship with Gene and Dean Ween when they were all teenagers in the 80s, and how those guys were big Santana fans who kind of helped turn Matt onto his music. Finally, I just want to mention that Matt has a fantastic new album called Superwolves coming out on April 30th. It's the second full-length installment of his long-running and extremely rewarding ongoing collaboration with Will Oldham, aka Bonnie Prince Billy. It's a sequel of sorts to their 2005 duo album Superwolf, which is one of the best records of its era, if you ask me. We talk a bit about that at the end of the episode, and you'll definitely want to check out the Superwolves record when it comes out in April. Okay, with the intro out of the way, let's get into the interview with Matt Sweeney about Santana, Supernatural, and beyond. So you just listened to Supernatural for the first time, like wall-to-wall as an album. That is correct. And what what was your uh, impression of it? I was so happy it was like it was really good you know uh i think there was only one jam that i that that i was like i can't do this one um we'll get into that but uh uh well two i mean there's the 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 obvious one and the one that you've heard too many times and then then one other one that i had that i hadn't heard before that i was just like nah and both of them were based on both of those were based on uh the vocal performance so uh but yeah man shit like nothing wrong with that record at all and yeah. like and, and and of course i was reminded of uh you know of experiences that i had with the record that i hadn't thought about in forever uh as far as actually listening to the music i just remember it, it was the uh the the song um uh, played by carlos santana oh That's yeah maria song. maria 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 that was the one, you know. That was just everywhere. More totally. for me, for me, more than any other song. And I remember, I, I remember being in the supermarket, hearing that hook. I mean, we could start that song. That song's fucking cool. That guitar yeah. hook is really Sick cool. Guitar part. Yeah, really, really great singable hook. You know, and the lyric, <laughs> you know, the lyric is like this LCD fantasy of, of like Latin street life. That's like, yeah, yeah. but that's sort of that's always been the deal. I, I, I feel like. 
you know, Carlos Santana is or Santana is street rock. That's it is Latin street rock. That is what the fuck it is. He fucking invented it, you know. Yeah. And like, if you if you look at early Santana, it's all about street rock. So I give a kind of a big forgiveness for the for for, for the sort of cliched, you know, Latin lover type stuff that's in that song. Just because it's like, yeah, it's supposed, it's like the lyrics are never supposed to be particularly brilliant about Santana. It's really like, right. It's like we're here and we're hanging out, we're partying, more or less. That's generally the, the stuff, and then and then some earnest, why can't we love each other type song. I don't know. I mean, and I, 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 I mean, a horrific generalization, but but just in general, I don't, I don't come to Santana for lyrics necessarily. It's definitely all about vibe, or yeah. or or and and maybe so I don't say vibe too many times. Or, you know, like like the feel of the music and totally. Uh, but what I was, I was just surprised at how, you know, that I just didn't want to turn any of it off. And then, and also I, I love that it was a fucking huge record. That's my other memory of the, of that time period was like, wow, Santana's got the hugest record in the world. That's cool. That's yeah, what, that, you know, that's all that's, I thought. That's sort of why we wanted to cover it. You know, like we'll do mm-hmm. albums that we both We'll do ones that are like straightforwardly kind of like underrated gem that people should just listen to. And then other ones where it's almost like sort of an anthropological investigation into like, it's pretty, you know, we take it for granted that this Santana album was like massive in 1999. But when you really think about it, it's like, that wasn't a sure thing at all. You know, like it's, it's yeah, pretty man. remarkable that it became yeah. such a big success. Yeah, I think so too. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of like why... Like I'd really be curious as, as as to how it hit you and where you were at with it, you know, because when it hit me, you know, I don't know, I sort of had a lot of shit going on, and I lived in New York, and there it wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna listen to that, you know, like it yeah, just totally. wasn't really gonna make make that, <laughs> it wasn't gonna make that much of an impact uh, on me, yeah, just because of like what I was up to, I suppose at the time, uh, uh, which is you know whatever, just being a thirty-ish person musician person running around New York and stuff yeah. in nineteen ninety-nine. But again, it was enough on the radar. Like, whoa, that's so wild. Santana's huge, you know, and he has a song with the Matchbox 20 guy. That's fun. I remember thinking that was funny. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, but yeah, certainly through the through the lens of time, it's pretty it's pretty wild that that record was that record. Like, for example, I'm not sure what, what else was going on then, you know, pop-wise or what was going on with you or what you were hearing or how yeah. that record hit you. I mean, the way it hit, I was a kid. I was 10 years right. old. Uh, right. So that was pretty probably the first time I was ever exposed to who Carlos Santana even was, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so in a way it felt like a sort of natural part of the landscape because, like, what do I know? I don't know this guy's been around, you know? Right, uh, right. I think I liked Smooth well enough um, until <laughs> all of a sudden it was like, you know, even at 10, it was like, okay, I've heard this song enough times. Yeah. Uh, and then it was like, I think my parents had the CD. I do remember some of the other uh, tracks, kind of like hearing them in the car. Uh, but what what other tracks do do you have any do you remember any I remember, jumping out I, at you? well the, the when I revisited for this uh, taping like the one with Everlast which is like right. not one, one of the stronger songs that that, that 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 was the one and and and, and I should say that uh, my my girlfriend who has uh, impeccable taste yeah I, I was I, I was like I'm going to be doing this you know tomorrow morning I'm be listening to the Santana records so just yeah, just yeah. be warned or whatever and she's like okay you know. 
and she was r- right along with me. And then when when the Everlast song came on, you know, we were like, and she's like, okay. yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> you know, yeah, totally. I, I, but also to be fair to that Everlast track, and I remember not- noticing this phenomenon when I was much much younger. Like I remember when I was about eighteen or nineteen, I started noticing that song that insipid pop songs from ten years ago were actually a lot more were a lot less uh, moronic. At yeah. least in structure than I thought, and I, I remember with the Everlast, I was like, "Okay, here's the Everlast song." Oh God, that tempo and that strum, that that, that strumming pattern, you know, which is like the worst of all time. The, yeah, like, yeah. like just uh, and um, but I was still like, "Well, there was actually a chord change in there that I wasn't expecting." <laughs> you know, like Fair nothing enough. great, yeah. nothing great. I, like in other words, I was able to get, I was able to make it. You know, like maybe fifteen cycles around or not even not definitely not 15 about 10 cycles around that 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 chord progression where i was like i can't take this guy lying to me anymore i just can't do it you know it's like like i I, like some lies are fun to hear some are not that that's not a fun lie to hear yeah uh so what what is your uh background like as a listener of santana you know like before this album uh good question uh the I have been, I, I like to talk about Santana because that song, that Peter Green song, "Black Magic Woman," mm-hmm. that Santana covered almost note for note. Um, yeah, I, I, like as far as like it's very, very, very similar, um, which I didn't know. But anyway, so 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 when I was a kid, I heard Santana's "Black Magic Woman" and that that little guitar part during the breakdown when it gets fast and the guitar has that has that. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, it, I was. I mean, I must have been five or six. It fucking tore my head off. I really, Sick. I have to credit him as like one of these guys that made me notice electric guitar. He really, really did. And it was just cool. that one little moment, you know. And it wasn't beep 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 beep, beep or whatever. It was the, it was the 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 breakdown rock out part. It just fucking blew my mind. So he got on my radar like that, and uh, and I just you know, and this is before I I, I was pretty music obsessed. You know, from probably around age five or something like that, and mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, started getting maybe critical about it maybe when I was around eleven or twelve. Uh, and Santana was always fine. Uh, in fact, I never really had any issue. I just never bought the records. I remember thinking that their album covers were fucking cool as shit. I always yeah. thought that the album covers were a little bit. It was a little bit like like, and I also I like Kiss. Who you know, who are a band that I could never defend. Although if you ever want to do a Kiss thing, I'll be right there to 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 talk about Kiss. Same. I won't defend them, uh, um, but but it was but similar similar to Kiss. Like Kiss records look really badass, and then you put it on, and it's like this sort of goofy rock. I mean, yeah, it's awesome totally. rock. And then Santana, similarly, like it, I remember it being so like, ah, you know, it looks so psychedelic. You yeah, know, yeah. like some of the best album covers ever. Totally. Um, and. Uh, and then I started, I kind of had an awareness of Santana as being something badass and cool and punk in a way. Uh, when I, I, I was lucky enough to meet the Ween guys when I was in high school. Nice. I, and uh, my, and our, I had a band, my, my high school band and, and the Ween guys made were produced or whatever were recorded by the same guy this guy Andrew Weiss so okay. so I met I met you know Mickey and Aaron when they were like 15 or something like that wow. I was like 6 and I was like 16 or some shit um, and uh, you know they were Mickey in particular I'm still friends I mean I'm 
I'm friends with both of them, but but Mickey was really, really gregarious and very, very opinionated in, into music, like super into music. He had a fanzine called Yuck, um, and uh, he was super opinionated, and I loved it. You know, like and the like the first, I think the first thing he ever said to me was Hendrix is my Christ. I remember he he, he said that he had like a wah wah pedal and that had a picture of Jimi Hendrix on it. I was, and I, I literally think that's the first thing I ever said to him. I was like, oh, that's cool. You put a picture of Hendrix on your Wawa pedal. And then he said mm-hmm. that. But then it was clear that he was really interested in 60s music. And so as I got to know those guys, I, I found out that they had a band, Ween, along with Andrew Weiss, and probably, I wouldn't be surprised, Sim Kane and some other guys from that Trenton, 80s, mid-80s Trenton scene, had a band called Endless Santana Jam. Okay. How fucked up is that? That's like, what, is yeah. the music, is, is, it was does called, it do what it, was it called, says on the can? Yes, that's all it was. <laughs> and, 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 and like, I, I remember that this is just an early memory. So like, I'm in high school. We, you know, I'm like a senior, maybe, yeah. And, and, I, and I just remember somehow I was around, I was hanging out with those guys and they were making plans about doing, practicing. And I was like, and I was like, "What? What? Wait!" I was like, "You're you're another band other than Ween?" He's like, "Oh yeah, we do this thing called Endless Santana Jam." I was like, "What is it?" And he looked, and then he looked at me like, "It's an Endless Santana Jam." <laughs> the fuck do you, the fuck it's do you like, think it's it is? like? Yeah. A, it sounds like an Endless Boogie uh, side project. Endless Santana Jam. So yeah. so, but 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 that kind of put them on my radar. I was like, "Whoa, that's interesting." That you know, like the like Ween, those dudes were like pretty gnarly kids and they were like yeah, yeah, yeah. Into, into wrecking cars and doing drugs and doing all this shit and they were and you know were cool and yeah. and uh and also it was interesting at that age in high school it's very rare that somebody a year younger than you is the cool kid you know what i mean and totally. and, and, and and so like sort of i was struck by how young they were and also how focused how knowledgeable they were about music that was you know classic rock but they were looking at it from a totally different angle you know what yeah. I mean? they, 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 they were looking at it for like this shit's fucking sick and we're gonna do a band called and the santana jam you know um and uh then the other similar sort of like pe- people that i admired as in their ability to to be scary and do drugs and and make music uh was this this crew of dudes I was in college by this point, and there's a band called Gobblehoof, um, who were okay. based in Northampton, and they had members of Deep Wound in it. Uh, this guy Charlie Nakajima, the singer from Deep Wound, who were a really good hardcore band, and uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, I just remember having a conversation with him about fucking Santana. It was him and a bunch of other just scary dudes you know <laughs> and and they were just like yeah bro fucking Santana's a fucking yeah I, actually I went over to to, to some drug house and there's a bunch of scary Fuck dudes yeah. scary ex-hardcore dudes this is 1987 or 8 scary ex-hardcore dudes sitting around listening to Santana you know and I was like whoa yeah. okay you know like so so it's sort of Santana being like a a lifer biker you know vibe I was lucky enough to to have an understanding of that um, maybe you know uh, they were definitely that in the '60s and '70s. Yeah, but by the '80s it got a little bit smoothed out. Uh, oh, then the other, <laughs> then the only other thing le- le- leading up to 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 my experience, my more recent Santana experiences. The only other thing was me and people in the Max Fish Endless Boogie circle were 
obsessed with the song I'm Winning. Okay, which, I don't know it off the top of my head. Dude. All right, just like, you, you gotta you gotta just watch the video for I'm Winning. Okay. Because I, I can't get enough of that song. It's so... Talk about fucking street rock. Check that shit out, because it's like... I'm really worried about that singer. That's all I could say. Like, like, in, like you're just like, oh, dude, are you really now? Are so you this, this is eighties <laughs> Santana. It sounds like yes, I'm sir. Like, what? Yes, okay. Yeah, yes, sir. Um, wow. And it's got a fucking cadence to it. It's got such a flow. It's really good. And cool. and uh, and somehow Harry from Endless Boogie. That's <laughs> remember he like he showed up sometime in the late nineties or early two thousands, and he's like, man. You know that Santana song, I'm Winning? That's a fucked up vibe. It's really good. You know? <laughs> like, and, and he put it on and we were like, wow. It's a really weird mix of like, it's a song that makes you feel really good, but also you're like, I'm not sure if this is winning. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. I th- uh, um, so then that was kind of the extent and, and that kind of gets us up to, you know, the, that, then the Santana has a huge record. And then... Andy, this is why I think I'm on the show. Maybe uh-huh. is uh, I had a I had an experience with Carlos Santana. Yes. Um, that was something I could have never, ever, ever fucking expected to have. And uh, it goes like this: I I did a show, I did an interweb show called Guitar Moves, where I talked yep. to guitar players. Great show. And, uh, Thank you. Um, and um, I get hit out of the blue from Masterclass. And, of course, they want me to teach everybody how to be a master guitar player. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. They call me because... <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they, they, they call me because they're like, hey, we have Carlos Santana, and, you know, we like your show, and we also understand that we're... Like we also understand that maybe like we're not sure how it's gonna go. <laughs> that that was their that, that was they, they were like you know he's Carlos Santana, yeah, and he said yes to it and 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 he's totally in agreement. But but you know it's Carlos Santana. I, whatever it was, they kind of said we're 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 reaching out to you because you're a musician, and uh you know we 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 just want to make sure this goes well. I was like okay fucking a. I mean I was like this sounds wild, you know? Yeah. Uh, I had the best time working for them. I would do it again in a fucking heartbeat. It was really cool. The people are really, really smart. They really care, and they really make the thing pretty unique, and they cater it. What, what I gathered immediately is that, is that every masterclass is kind of different. They really let the person who's doing the thing call the shots, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, 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 I think the person agrees, like, I'll give you two days of my time, and they go, okay, we're going to ask you these questions. And then other than that, you know, like, they're, they're, they're pretty free to go and say whatever they want and however they want to say it, et cetera. So, uh, that's kind of the, so, so that's the preparation that I have along with, I, I had this amazing LSD and, yeah. and, uh, and I thought that maybe that could be used, um, and, in some way. And so, are you there? Are there like flying you out somewhere to do this? Oh yeah. 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 So, so we're so I get oh yeah so I get flown out and to, to where going to have uh, to Carlos Santana I, I, I'm, I'm being careful about NDAs oh, I sure. really have no idea okay. uh, uh, so but but I, I get flown out to Carlos Santana's home city okay and and uh, and he's got a and they're shooting it at his his kind of 
his rehearsal space, which is like kind of where his office is, his, it's a great, it's a beautiful, you know, compound kind of thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a, it's a full shoot and they've redone the place to, to cater to the shoot. And I'm going to be talking to, uh, to Carlos, like in the room and, you know, I meet him and he's fucking great. He's really sweet. Um, and cool and thoughtful and in the moment and, uh, and clearly likes to hang and likes to talk. I just, you, you kind of get that, that impression. Uh, I, I think once he's on, he's very happy being on once he's in a position that, that he'd yeah. be on. Um, and uh, what happened next was basically two days blew by and he fucking blew my mind because like it, he, we talked about nothing technical like nothing, yeah. I, I nothing. I don't even think he said mi- maybe he said minor chord ones or something like that. You know, yeah, like yeah, like yeah. like uh, it was his whole thing was like this. It's like it was like a philosophy musical philosophy class. You know, and and I was so unprepared for how uh, what a charismatic speaker. I, mean, I, I well, well, I can't say I was unprepared. What I, I came in thinking, okay, Carlos Santana has managed to do this thing, which is that he stands for music. Like, like he, he, or not stands with an S, but he represents, yeah, he yeah, represents yeah. music. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and he represents, to most people, he doesn't have to play music for most people. He just represents an idea of music, yeah. you know, uh, which is something that I like. I struggle with in light in, in my relationship with musical because there's a lot of these people. There's a lot of people who it doesn't really matter what kind of music they make. People are just going to say, "Oh, they like you know, like it's good because it's 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 Beck. Beck's really innovative. It's good. It's like, dude, this is terrible, yeah. you know." But 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 people don't care because they've decided that this is music. And Santana fully sits in that zone. Totally. Whereas like I'm going to play you really good, you know. It's, and Sting, you know, is in this and. The illusion of quality is a, is, is a term that Jesper from Endless Boogie came up with, and it's very true, the illusion of quality, and a lot of the police, staying the police, they, they, they truck in it. And I was really curious about Santana, because I was like, okay, let's just see where, you know, like, what this is. Yeah. You know, like, how does he, how does he, how did he do it? <laughs> you know, I was, I was like, how did this guy get in this position, you know, uh, to, to make everybody believe that he's the greatest guitar player in the world. Yeah. You know, like, like, how did he do that? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, cause like nobody's the greatest guitar player in the of world. Of course. You know? Like, so, yeah. so, so like, uh, and I kind of got my, I, the, the answer, I, I don't know if I had, I, I can't really give the answer other than I was sold like in one really? minute. Wow. I was like, Oh fuck it. I was just like, this dude's the fucking best. Music's amazing. You know? <laughs> and, and like, I'm like, I'm one of these people who like, my relationship with music is that, like, if it's bad, if I'm in a situation where I'm stuck having to watch a bad performance or I'm stuck with a bad record or whatever it is, I, like, immediately go into this uh, mode of, because uh, uh, ca- I get catastrophic. Like, I don't think that music could possibly be good. Right, when I'm right, right. subjected to bad mu- music, it's, like, it's this thing that it, it really, like, it really happens where I'm, like, you know, is, was music ever good? Yeah. Is, is it possible is to make good music like to like with, to any of this? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And, totally. and, uh, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. So so like you know I'm sensitive to that, and 
the raps that Carlos were laying down, it was just the I had the opposite feeling, <laughs> you know, which is like, That's and it wasn't amazing. even I wasn't even listening to music. Yeah, and so all I could say, I mean, I'll talk about this more, but like I don't know how much it costs to rent one of those masters classes. I think they're kind of on the pricey side, uh, but. If you're like feeling bummed out about music and or really any kind of creative pursuit, yeah, I would fucking recommend this Carlos Santana masterclass. It was really incredible. He's a crazy devotee of Coltrane, you know. Yeah. Uh, so so much talking about Coltrane, but it's all about like what does music mean? What's your approach to music? What are you gonna give to music? You know, what are you gonna give to it? You know, like like and like again, I was. I didn't have to do the acid. My plan was that I was going to take the acid, you know, yeah, yeah. and and just sort of sort of enjoy myself and, and because because I thought I thought it might be a little. I just what didn't know if the yeah, if I course. was going to need any kind of you know, but my God, I just the last thing I needed was that. Also, Car Carlos is like an incredible storyteller, and I, which I picked up on from from his book, but like you know, he loves his acid stories, so like. There's a famous story. I've I've seen. I mean, I'm not surprised. Anybody his age who's done what he's done is, has license to tell the same fucking story over and over again. And it's fine. Um, and, but his Woodstock story is really good. Like he, you know, which is like they they broke during Woodstock because they had this great performance. Yeah, yeah. And he was 16 years old, and he was really, 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 really high on acid. And his whole thing was like, he's like, dude, watch it. Watch my performance. You could see that I am having. I'm really like freaking out, and and he goes, and my guitar's intonation was wrong, and I thought it was a snake, and I'm like, all I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm holding onto the guitar for dear life, yeah. you know, like that's all I'm doing, you know, like, so, and I I know he's told this story before, but so like it's like all the stories were like that good, you know, you're just like holy shit, this this dude is so sick, but his his real belief that like, you know, he was just saying things like, you know, Coltrane should be played in all public places. Like like all airports should just be playing Coltrane. He's like, this yeah. is good for you. It's good for you to hear this music. It's really good, you know? And like, like who's gonna argue with that? <laughs> yeah, like, totally. And, and, and he's this total, it was really funny. Everything went great. And then I think I kind of, I was in such a good mood at the end. Uh, and, I, and the manager was really being nice to me, but I think I blew it with the manager because at the very end I was like, "Dude, he's like a street shaman," and I said it that way, just saying like he's a street shaman. And the guy was, "He's a shaman, man, shaman. What the fuck is a shaman? He's a shaman, dude. It's shaman." And I, and the guy thought I was like the biggest idiot. And I was like, "All right, I'll see you later. <laughs> you know, like, Bye." <laughs> yeah, totally. Wow, shaman. Oh, but but he really is. He is the ultimate street shaman, you know. Like he totally like 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 his thing is like he can sell spirituality and music in a real way. Yeah, he's selling it. He's trying to get you fucking psyched, and he's getting you psyched. And uh, and then so so you know, with that in mind, when I was listening to this, re and, and though he talked about the record quite a bit because uh, you know he's also a businessman, and I, I I mentioned this before. The other reason that I was interested in meeting Carlos Santana. Was because of a shoe company, right? When I, when I, for the listeners' benefit, when I asked you about yeah. him, the first thing that you said to me was about his shoes. When I, when I yes. approached you about Santana, yeah, and, and like you know, I, I'm I'm not sure how much we should talk about it, but um, because there's something pretty great about finding out about the shoe thing. <laughs> um, because if you don't know, you're not going to fucking believe it, uh, listeners out there. But just look up Carlos Santana's shoes if you don't know. Uh, but he, 
it's it's interesting. He 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 sees me. He talks. It makes sense. His shoe thing makes sense, and and I just I, I don't want to give it away. You know what I'm saying, Andy? Because it's like it's not it's not just that he makes shoes. It's like what shoes he makes yeah. and who, who who the shoes are for. Yeah. You know? But but if you think about who he makes the shoes for, and then you think about who he makes the music for, it's pretty. There's a lot. You know what I mean? It's like. He wants there's there's a lot of similarities. He wants you to feel good. Yeah. Sex, sex and food. Yeah. Tons of tons of food metaphors in uh for for when he's talking about music. Tons, okay. you know. And tons of talking to women metaphors. Um which I'm all for I I, I think I I've I think that like being seductive is a really and I'm not trying to be gross. It's not like, oh, I start playing bands so I get some pussy. Yeah. It's, it's just that, it's just, being seductive is like, a, is kind of, it's a big part of the job if you are trying to uh, play, play some songs for people. Totally. You know what I mean? If, if, if you're, if, if you're try, and particularly if you're trying to write some music for people, you know, uh, and, you know, he's fucking really good at it. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, he's really good. And, and 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 so it all comes and and again we're talking about a guy who doesn't fucking sing who doesn't really write songs you know what I mean? like right. how did this guy get there and again I found today it's like you know what like he's a fucking his soloing is really fun to listen to it's this it's it's a totally street level mix of, of like you know gr- grief and joy sadness and joy you know in in a way that like it sounds that way when you hear it you know what I mean like. It's reaching, it's virtuosic just enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, but you can, it's, you know, it's, it's just like the way he plays is, I'd say technically, you know, it's like very good plus or something like that, you know, for just some of the technical stuff. But it, it fucking lands really, really, really well. You know, <laughs> like, like that's what I found with the record. I was like, and, and I was reminded when I heard the Maria Maria song, I was like, yeah, that, that, that lick is sick. Yeah. Which, it's totally sick. And then it sort of had its whole second life in this Rihanna song a couple of years ago that, that sampled Oh, I didn't it. know that. Yeah, yeah. There, there uh, was yeah. a huge Rihanna hit that was like uh-huh. called Wild Thoughts that was like very much based on the... Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's so sick, you know? And, and like... And also, interestingly... Well, whatever. So, well, there's... There's such cool music on this album. The the first track fucking smokes. Yeah, totally. It smokes. Yeah. You know, like 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 and, and that, that, that business at the end with with the guitar playing with the band, there's this kind of call and response action with the band. It's really thrilling and it's really fun. And it's fucking like, yo, that's how a first track of a record where you're like, I'm For I'm sure. Carlos Santana, damn it. Holy shit, yeah, you know? Halfway and through that tune, there's like this synth pad that comes in, sort of this completely out of nowhere. It's like, this kind of shouldn't work, but it sounds it fucking totally amazing. It totally works. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, about the virtuosic, and, I, and all this stuff, this also occurred to me when I was talking to him. He's so fucking cool because he's not virtuosic, you know? And, 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 and that's what's awesome about it, you know? Like, like And even if you're like, they kind of sell him as the virtuoso. That's part of the deal, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But it's like, it's like, he's totally like reaching, you know, and 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 he sounds like he's reaching, right? You know, all of his all of his things have this reaching thing, and and like that's a that's a cool sound. That's a sound that people relate to, you know what I mean? And uh, as opposed to like, 
It's very different than Eddie Van Halen, who I love, you know what I mean? But Eddie Van Halen is like, this is a fucking joyful, this is a pure joy ride. This is a total flashy joy yeah, ride. Yeah, yeah. That, like, 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 like with a few other emotions, but it's mostly like, fucking A, you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah, it's holy shit. And, 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 yeah, it's holy shit, you know, it's fireworks and stuff. Santana's, it's so not that, you know, like, like, like yeah. Santana's not, it's not trying to stick it to you. Not that Eddie Van Halen's trying to stick it to you to show that he's the best. He's just, he just is. And right. it's like, I am the best and it's fucking fun to watch. You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I worked really hard at this. I worked my ass off of this thing. Check it out. You know, yeah. like, uh, that's, that's Eddie. But, but like, or, you know, with Santana, it's not that at all. It's really not, you know, it's, it's not like I'm a great guitar player. You could never be as good as me. I'm going to fucking melt. It's not even trying to melt your face so much. It's like when it gets to those real peaks, it's really more about like you're, you're like this. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you're, I'm putting my arms in, my, in the air. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, well, like, it's like, a, uh, like, the sort of holding on to the guitar for dear life thing from the Woodstock story. You can totally sort of hear that in the music, you know, all the totally, time. Totally, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's fine. And, and like, you know, the guy, it's interesting. His tone. And by tone, I mean like what his guitar sounds like when he holds a note, because yeah. that's just what I'm going to call tone. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, is is similar to Robert Fripp, I thought. Uh, oh yeah, actually. that like sort of liquidy <laughs> yeah. smoothness. It's liquidy smooth, but then it's like a square wave that's about to break up. You know what I mean? Like, and it's and it's that mix, and it's a total mixture of that. It's 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 taking a thing that's about to break and turning it smooth. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's a really sweet. And that's a, again, that's an emotionally resonant sound that that like you kind of you just feel it. You know, and and like, and and, and again, I'm I'm just so pleased that the record's that good because it's like it's. Obviously, we're not on here to like talk about things that are cheesy or talk about how like musicianship is corny or whatever. That that, that that's not why we're here. I just like that it, I, it it doesn't even really seem to be much of a factor. <laughs> it wasn't. I didn't even have to think about it when I listened to this record. You know, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. it was just like this is this is really extremely well played Latin influenced rock with like th that that they thought about every move, considered it. Knew uh, knew that the listener was going to be following this guitar player's line. You yeah. know what I mean? Like 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 on, on every song, which is an interesting point. You know, you know, like that, that's that's a interesting challenge, I suppose, for a record. Yeah. But then my girlfriend pointed out uh, was was also that it was how much Clive Davis had to do with the record. Yeah. Um, and 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 you know, and again, I don't know where the, I'm. I'm choosing to speak about it, like what I think about this music and stuff but if you want to start to dig into the record it's pretty interesting because you know like what did, did they spend like two years on that record something like um, that yeah and you know and it was it was a businessman Clive Davis who's a song dude you know uh, who's a guy who's always been about songs who's a, who, you kind of really can't shit on Clive Davis on any level he's, he's pretty incredible what, what he's done and, and what he's done was always about songs this is the same guy who you know discovered Barry Manilow, you know, and was like, you're a great songwriter and like, don't worry about being a star. You just write your songs, yeah. you know, and then he, and then he writes the song. Um, and, and, uh, but you know, he, his career has always been like sort of about individuals and, and playing to their strengths and like, and that it takes a song and like, it's a really measure by, by that metric. He fucking killed on that. Right. You know, he did a great job with the record and he was able to, you know, like, he was able to also Clive Davis is famous for knowing what a hit is, yeah. you know, and and like certainly that fucking Rob Thomas song is a hit. And like, again, I listen to it. it the, the lyrics leave me utterly cold. 
his voice makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> but it, you know, it's but but it's 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 interesting. It's interesting with the Rob Thomas thing. His whole trick is just over enunciation. That's all he does. Yeah, you know, it's all yeah. Um, but and Carlos even talked this <laughs> in the thing. He goes, you know, and then supernatural happens. I'm Rob Thomas. I didn't know. Who, I didn't really know much about him. I met him, and he. Uh, I think we wrote that in 15 minutes. <laughs> and, and 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 like all of his big hits, which mean a lot to him. He's like. He makes a point of saying that it wasn't hard to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and that it was about getting in a room with somebody, you know, and and uh, and it felt really good, and then we did it, you know, <laughs> like th- that. Also, that's kind of hard. I was, it was so cool yeah, to hear right. him say that. It was like, yeah, it took fifteen minutes. Yeah, and, and he goes, and he goes, and he goes. I think it's one of the most successful songs of all time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. Uh, I think it's an interesting point you made about his uh, sort of he has this like there's like the Carlos Santana imprint of like this is you know this is real music and when, oh, you, yeah. when you look at the credits of that of Supernatural like he might be credited as a writer on like two of those songs like you said he didn't mm-hmm. he doesn't sing so he's really at least it seems to me like just kind of showing up and and playing guitar. Vibing. Yeah, and vibing, yeah. And like, but because I mean, it's Carlos Santana no, doing that, then it can be like his so thing, you know? Yes. Um, the Coltrane thing is interesting because for me, like the first, one of the first inklings that like Santana is maybe music that I could get into as an adult was like he did mm-hmm. this crazy record with Alice Coltrane uh, after John mm-hmm. Coltrane died. That's like so mm-hmm. far out. And uh you know, clearly they're like connecting on some sort of like mu- music is clearly a deep spiritual practice for for both of them, and it's you know a record like this is sort of like Supernatural is kind of funny in a way because you have this guy who's bringing all this sort of like you know his whole depth and philosophy of music to like the fucking song with Rob Thomas. You know, <laughs> like yeah, there's this I, interesting I, tension between those two things. Oh my god, totally! And and he doesn't. His whole thing is connecting. Doesn't care. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. It's like it's it's like uh, the bigger the better. Duh. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? like, and and uh, um, another thought that I had was like, shit, I wish I was involved in this record. I'm sure everybody like everybody thinks that, but like, yeah. who would be a guy? Now, who would be a man or woman now who's in Santana's position that could make? I mean, is it possible? Uh, could, could someone could, who could ju- there be? someone who just jumped to mind would be? I mean, it's different because the kind of like celebrity instrumentalist is like there aren't so many of them. But like, yeah. I don't know. I could see like a Dolly Parton record coming out now and being like sort of a similar. Uh, if she wanted to like you know gather like every single person in the music industry to contribute to it, she could. Sort of reminds me also of that uh, uh, the Barry Gibb album that just came out. The, yeah, uh, that's interesting. The, the very country album. Yeah, um, that that it's funny. I'm a massive Bee Gees fan. I, I know. And and uh, right and uh, we. Uh, I had this was a long long time ago, but but in the, I guess like in 2007 or eight. I was on Rick Rubin's dick so hard about doing something with the Bee Gees oh, and I shit. was working with Rick a lot of th- I was working yeah, with yeah. Rick a lot of the time and uh, and it, I think it had occurred to me when 
who died first? Maurice died, I guess. Um, and 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 when he died, you know, I was like, what the fuck? And so I hit Rick. I was like, you got to get these guys. You, you know, like like just do do the stripped down record. Yeah, thing, yeah. You know. Um, and then I I think uh, he he actually did end up meeting with Barry Gibb a while later. I remember he hit me saying, I'm gonna meet with Barry Gibb. You know, I was like, dude, no way. Yeah. And then and then I think it just couldn't line up. Damn. Um, but yeah, but I, but I was thinking. Peculiarly, with with the Car Carlos Santana thing, the thing is that I'm wondering if just if there's anybody else because it's like Dolly and Barry are great songwriters yeah. and singers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so like, is is there? I don't know if there is. I mean, or like, or could he do it again? Yeah, <laughs> you know? he did another one. Like, did uh, he? Yeah, there's did a. There, it's it's called Shaman. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, th I figured maybe that was like why you said that. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, it's called Shaman. It, it had one huge hit on it with Michelle Branch called The Game of Love. That's like, little bit of this, little bit of that. It's a song you'd probably know oh, if you heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a good song. Uh, 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 yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, but but j just like the... the it's only, it, it is fun here to hear that record because also it's like whatever kind of studio fuckery was going on, it sounds a little bit more organic. I, I, I found myself wondering, like, like it's like, well, they probably could have made this record a lot quicker now than, the, than in 1999. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, and they could have had everybody phoning in the vocals. And, totally. You know, uh, and they could have written everything remotely, and they probably would have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and uh, it was probably a good book about it. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that would be a good 33rd and a third. Oh, yeah, that would be amazing. Third, but, yeah. Right? <laughs> There'd be, people would be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like sort of what um, we're trying to do with this pod in a way is like, you know, give that sort of attention to albums that are like, that would otherwise yeah. be treated as like not even existing practically in terms of critical discourse about them. I know. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's other things it's it's really good to have critical discourse about these records I think particularly like when you're you know probably the coolest uh, maybe one of the more rewarding times to listen to music I think it's kind of went between the ages of like 25 and th and your early 30s when you get to like when you've gotten out of the way of yourself and your and your fucking pretensions and you get to start to maybe enjoy music and, and be critical you know in a different be be, cri be critical listen to music that you've dismissed critically and realize that it's good definitely you know which yeah. I'm imagining is, 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 the, is the point maybe of your show yeah um do you want to do a little bit of talking about super wolves like uh, i can't oh, i can't sure. say we have some huge audience but you know like yeah. be uh, uh we usually well, have people I talk guess... about the thing that they have coming up you know oh okay yeah yeah uh, i gotta me and will them have a record called super wolves uh which is the follow-up to a record that we did called super wolf uh and it's coming out in at the end of April. I mean, I'll just say like, I listened to the record f for the first time today. So I'm very much running on like first impressions, but. The, oh, you got the, the album, cool. Yeah, yeah, awesome. from, you know, th through being a music writer, you know, like your your PR awesome. sent it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, the first record, the first Super Wolf record is, is a pretty huge album for me. And like my first impression of this one is that it's as good or better than that one. So. Oh shit, uh, dog! Thanks. Yeah, man, it's thanks. It's just, yeah, very immediately is music with a lot of depth. 
thanks. We're, we're, um, that that makes me really really excited to hear, and I will let will know that that you said that. Yeah. Because um, that's really cool. Yeah. Because we we just started talking to people about it, but it's nice it, it's nice to talk to somebody who who liked the first record. Because yeah, um, some I, I feel like some of the people that we're talking to are kind of coming at it from I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that you see the parody between the, the parity yes. between the two. Um. Cool. Yeah. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, if you want to do more on that, then we could do more on that later, too. Um, but uh, fucking A. Cool. Thank you, Matt. This cool show, Andy. Yeah. Total pleasure. Thanks for coming on, and it's just good hanging and uh, seeing you as well.